Hello and welcome. This is Background Screening Tips and Tech with your hosts, Joe Berlin and me, Tim Santoni. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, whether you're listening or watching, we appreciate it. Um, again, we've just passed 50 downloads uh, with, our, with our startup podcast. Um, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Joe, uh, how are things going this morning? Things are going man, good, man. Um, you know, like I said a couple times ago, we're changing into that fall season. It's my favorite time of year. So got to get out there and uh, spend some time on the trails with the kids this weekend. So good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, today we want to talk about uh, turnaround time. And specifically, we want to talk about turnaround time as, as it relates to background screening. So uh, there's some kind of misinformation and metrics that we want to point out. And then we want to look at some maybe talking about some ways to speed things up or to make background screening flow better within your organization. So Joe's got some high level tips. So we'll, we'll let Joe kick it off. Yeah, absolutely. Turnaround time is one of those those interesting conversations in background screening because it's so important to everybody involved. It's important to the end user. Um, it's extremely important to the applicant, right? We can't forget about that applicant who's waiting on that job to be able to support their family. And it's important to uh, your your background screening because it's, it's a metric that um, kind of defines how good they are at what they're doing, right? Or at least that's, that's the, the perception. Um, and so, you know, if we get into to how to look at turnaround time, um, we, we've got to be careful and, and ensure that we're looking at it from, um, I'll just call it an, an honest perspective, right? So you've got your actual and you have your perceived, um, you know, turnaround time, when does it start? That's a great question. Uh, because when a end user hits that run background check button, that's when turnaround time starts for them, regardless of what the background screening provider thinks or or tries to tell them. That's when turnaround time starts. Now, for the background screening provider, the turnaround time starts when they have all of the information they needed. So um, applications and, and um, those types of things that have your authorizations and your releases on them in order to run the background check, if those aren't completed, uh, you know, then that's going to add to your turnaround time. And so some of the things that you can do, whether it's through your ATS or it's your own website, is to ensure that there's a smooth process being conducted where your applicant is required to provide all of that information before they actually hit the background screen button. That's going to speed things up and it's going to put those, you know, the perceived versus actual turnaround time more in line with each other. So I think that's a great first step. Yeah, that's a good point too. And I think there's a couple of things that come to mind when, when you talk about that, um, having all the information. So part of that is, is educating the applicant on the process and what that will look like. And the other part of it is using technology and using solutions that speed up that process. So whether you have a dedicated website and ATS integration, um, if you're using, using electronic application deployed via email or text, we're finding that the open rates on text are much quicker um, than on email. So uh, using those things to kind of speed up that process are crucial. Um, and when you're evaluating a partner you're going to work with, look at all those different options and look at how quickly they can actually move the applicant from authorization and disclosure to completion and what they do to work on your behalf to actually speed up that process, whether that's following up on the electronic app or building some sort of technology or bridge or an integration. But those are super, super important. Joe, I think we also wanted to talk about looking at turnaround time, uh, not as a, as a whole with a partner you're working with, but also within a specific client segment and industry, or even regionally, maybe get into the weeds in terms of a little bit of, on why that's important to evaluate and, and how those different uh, factors impact turnaround time. 
Yeah, absolutely. If there's anything I think that I could press um, pretty hard to the end user, it would be uh, there's a very specific question that I think all background screening providers are asked at some point. It's either in the RFP process, if they're doing an RFP, or it's in their general evaluation. And that is, what is your turnaround time? Um, for all end users out there, please add this very specific language at the end of that question. What is your turnaround time for my geographical area? So, and the reason I say that is when background screening providers determine their turnaround time, they're doing an average of all background checks that they run through all industry segments throughout the entire country. And in most cases, if you're dealing with a competent background screening provider, that average turnaround time um, is going to be around the two-day mark. The problem is, is that if you live in, in certain counties that we know to be clerk run, so if you're in, for instance, on the East Coast up towards, you know, Maine and, and Connecticut and, and all those states, your turnaround time is probably going to be higher. But you're not going to get that answer right off the bat. Um, because nobody wants to tell you right off the bat that, Hey, you're going to have a higher turnaround time, although that's going to be reality. Um, and so if I can press anything, it's to ask that specific question, what's your turnaround time in that geographical area? Um, and, and that kind of gets into that topic of, you know, what adds to turnaround time. And I think what we're talking about here is clerk run courts, right, Tim? I mean, those are historically one of the biggest reasons for higher turnaround times and in different geographical areas have uh, higher turnaround times than others. Um, and throughout the years, I've seen some, some data providers try to um, get into that and try to help ease that turnaround time. I remember, you know, I want to say it was 2012 and beyond you started hearing the term screen scraping a lot. And, you know, everybody was screen scraping. That was the new technology to make things faster. It worked, uh, but not really. Um, but I think, you know, you can probably speak a little bit to, to some of the newer technologies now in play that are kind of seeing an alleviation of turnaround times in some of those harder, harder areas. Yeah. And that's a good point, Joe, just to back up a step two. And I think that the other part to look at is, is that based on jurisdiction in the county courts are being searched in New Hampshire and Maine and other areas where there's clerk assisted search, um, balance that with background screening partners that are doing one touch NAT crim database products that are completing within minutes. So those things will average out and you need to look at that. So if you're running a complex background check versus a one click kind of database product, um, that's definitely going to impact those things. But to your question, Joe, I think that, you know, a lot of the, the, the data providers in the industry have now are offering their technology to the courts and they're getting better and better at going in and pulling that data. But at the end of the day, sometimes the full information as far as the information needed for adjudication, you know, charges, descriptions, and dispositions are something that, you know, a skilled screening partner in their research team are going to know how to get to and access more quickly and more efficiently, which will mitigate the turnaround time. If you're a screening client in the, you know, in the main area, any HR professional there that season is going to understand the delays when it comes to those courts in New Hampshire and, and Maine and, and maybe Philadelphia and things like that. Uh, so there's no real secrets there. And so if somebody is telling you that they give you, you know, same day turnaround in those jurisdictions, a seasoned professional is going to understand, um, you know, that that's not possible. Um, and again, that's what we resort back to what we said in the beginning, which is what are you doing as a screening provider to actually 
give tools to your client to make that process as seamless as possible to, to decrease those, those necessary, you know, hours and days that the clerks are going to need to return records, to return information. Um, super, super important. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you brought up some good points there. Uh, one of the ones that I kind of want to touch on and kind of go back to that we initially brought up in the beginning is the other person that turnaround time is important to, and that's the app. And the fact of the matter is, is that some point in your relationship with your background screening provider, you're going to run into a delay, whether, you know, that's a possible record being researched or it's a clerk delay, you're going to see some, some delay at some point with an applicant. And I think it's imperative of your partner to communicate clearly and in a timely manner with you that those delays are happening and that for the end user to be able to take that information back to the applicant. Because even if you have a clean record, when you say, hey, somebody's snooping into your past, it's a little bit nerve wracking. And I, I think we owe that to all applicants, um, first as a partner and then to the end user. Yeah. And that's a good point too. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a uneasy situation when the applicant's waiting and waiting and waiting. Another thing to keep in mind too, in tight labor markets where turnaround time is super important to employers because they're worried about losing top talent because of the background check taking a while. It's been my experience that usually when the turnaround times are lagging, it's because there's hits and records to be verified. And this means that the applicant is testing the waters with your organization and they're not necessarily abandoning the job because the background check came back you know, in five, 10, 15, or it's still pending. They're doing that because they know that there's going to be a record found that inhibits their ability to actually do, do the job. So it's a very fine line to walk, right? To being efficient and effective and being, you know, very clear as to what's being found, but also understanding that there's some reasons why applicants tend to walk or put pressure or, you know, are having issues with regard to turnaround time. Just another thing that I've seen come up, uh, you know, in my time in, in the industry. Yeah, for sure. And, and hospitality, that's a huge thing, right? So I've talked with a lot of hospitality clients. And the fact of the matter is, is um, I don't know, let's use fast food for, for an example. Um, an applicant, you know, applies at fast food restaurant A. Guess what? They also applied at B, C, D, E, and F. And it's whoever gets called, who calls them back, that's where they're going to work. And that's, you know, that's tough from a recruitment standpoint. So there are things that that companies can do too to um, alleviate that perceived turnaround time. Tim, you've talked about it before. Run a national, run a national, and and get that information back. Hire that applicant with on a contingency um, purpose, and then once they're in the door, go ahead and run that thorough background check. Something pops up, and you know you have your policy written, and you can talk with your legal department and do whatever is needed. Um, but at least you get that applicant in the door, right? Yeah, and to further on that, Joe. Really what I've seen is, is that look at running background screening packages that meet the risk tolerance of the company, the compliance, the insurance, all those different things, and also the position. So you're not going to run three employment verifications on a warehouse worker, but you would on a manager. So create screening packages that make sense for the position you're hiring for. Don't create one package for everyone and think that that's going to be the end all be all. And it's going to cause delays. So look to your screening partner to, to provide information and customize packages. Maybe you have five packages, warehouse and admin, and then you have some for drivers and you have others for executives. Because maybe your executives, you're going to verify past employment and education, but on a warehouse worker, you're not. Look at those creative ways to streamline the process so that you're not getting held up because of a, a background screening package that's too robust and it's too comprehensive for the position. It just doesn't make any sense. So that's a real good way, a quick, easy way to kind of audit your screening um, packages, audit your screening partner, and look for ways to streamline the process. 100%. Great, great, 
point. Awesome. Well, thanks again for tuning in. We appreciate you, whether you're listening or watching. Uh, Joe and I are excited to bring you a new podcast every week. Uh, you can check us out again on Apple Podcasts. We also do uh, upload these videos to our YouTube channel where you can watch or listen there. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you have any questions, please connect with us. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.